going to solve all your problems this morning. I'm going to solve them all. I'm going to share with you what's wrong with you. Um, and uh, I'm going to boil it down to just one, just one. And uh, it's to you, kings and queens, that I'm addressing this morning. That is your problem. That is your problem. And I hope you noticed, as we have sung these last couple of days and even uh, this last month, that one of the themes that comes out over and over and over is that Jesus is the king. Jesus is the king. Now, now, uh, kings and queens, I'd like to address you for a moment. Um, if, if you think, if you think that you're the king... That's a problem. If you think that you're the queen, that's a problem. And I think about what kings and queens, uh, um, what they think about life is that they say, I do what I want. I get what I want. I make a schedule. I yell at people and they jump. Why? Because I'm the king. And the king gets what he wants. And this morning... Uh, I want to go through this. And, and kids, I, I hate to break this to you. This same problem is what your mom and dad have and your grandparents that I don't tell them it today because they probably got some gifts they're still holding back on you, okay? Maybe tomorrow we could bring these things up. But um, uh, kings and queens, and you know that's your problem, kids, but it's also the struggle of adults as well uh, as they've forgotten who is king. And, and what I want to do here this morning, just some brief moments, try to keep it not too heavy. Uh, some of you have eaten too much of the egg dishes or even worse, the cinnamon rolls uh, this morning. And um, I just want to keep uh, us focused on uh, that the king was born. I, I realize that uh, sometimes we get in our minds and maybe even they're pictured as such that uh, when Jesus was born, that there was some glow about him or there's, you know, there's shining, there's like a spotlight in the stable and like, you know, it's this angelic. Yeah, there, there were, we're going to talk about the angels, but I want to tell you, he was born as a baby. He was born simply, but that simple baby was the king, was the king. And so we're going to go through that this morning. I, I want to walk you through how different people uh, different people got that in their minds and heads as they acknowledged Jesus. And there's many more. I'm, I'm just choosing a few of them this morning. And really, it's the question is, what are, what are you going to do with Jesus? Jesus, the King, the King of Kings, okay? And so we're going to start in the book of Luke, chapter 2. And I, I, I want to just encourage you as, uh, for you kids especially, by the time you know, whatever age you are right now, if you keep going to church, you keep coming to, uh, you know, go to Sunday school and you, you're part of Christmas stuff at the church, this church or some other church, and then you go to Christmas Eve service or Christmas Day service, um, you're going to know. You're going to know these passages and know them well, and they will be helpful for you as you think through who is the king. In Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 39... It says, and when they had performed everything according to the law, they returned into Galilee to their own town to Nazareth, and the child grew. I want to, first of all, before I get rolling on this, this is talking about uh, 
the mother of John the Baptist, Elizabeth, and Mary, the mother of uh, Jesus, when, when they were pregnant. Okay, back, back again. I'm going to start again. Uh, when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew uh, and became strong, filled with wisdom and favor of God. Uh, now that his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. Continue on. I'm sorry, this isn't the right passage. Did I get the right, wrong passage here? I did. Sorry. Let's move on to the next one. I'll, I'll back up to, into this one, okay? Move to uh, Luke chapter 2. Sometimes a pastor had too many egg dishes as well this morning, okay? Uh, Luke chapter 2. If you, if you look at uh, this passage we're in Luke chapter 2. I want to share with you what... Uh, I am so confused right now where I'm going. That's why the pastor usually stays right in, uh, right in the passage that he is preaching this morning. I'm sorry. Let's move over to Matthew. Sorry. Sorry. Take this stuff off the board. I'm just going to work uh, from my, my scriptures this morning. As you think about uh, the different people, and I'll just list them out for you. There's John the Baptist, his mom, his mom, Elizabeth. There's Mary. There's the angels. There's the shepherds. There's the wise men. I, I want to talk about Herod for a moment. I want to talk about the disciples, and then I want to bounce back and we'll end up in the book of Revelation and then we'll ask the question for our, ourselves. As you think about the angels uh, throughout the story, it, it, when it comes to John the Baptist's father, his mother, Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, and even the, the picture of the wise men, Angels visited them all. And what were the angel, What was the message of the angels? First of all, the, my, my favorite part of the message was, fear not. Do you know why they said fear not? Because if angels show up, you're going to be afraid, okay? You're not going to get a warm, fuzzy feeling. You're going to go, what is going on here, okay? So they were fearful, but the, the message was to all of them that this baby is special, and he is a special king. He is a special king. As you think about that, um, how important is that as we think through the birth of Christ? If, you, if you're in Matthew chapter uh, 1, it, it says this. Uh, in verse 18, it says, now, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. Uh, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear, there it is, to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, 
and you shall call his name Jesus, for uh, he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph, this is the part where I want you to get, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel commanded, uh, the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, uh, but he knew her not until she gave birth, and they called his name Jesus. As Joseph heard this, the angel's report, he, he, he moved on it. Why? Because the angel told him it was his special son. And uh, as Joseph acknowledged that, it wasn't about him. He wasn't the king. He had his own ideas. But he uh, was one that followed and worshipped Jesus. If you go to the next chapter, Matthew chapter 2, you see the uh, visit of the wise men. And it's important, kids, to know this, that it wasn't the same day as the shepherds, okay? Uh, As we look at this, we realize this was sometime after. We don't know how long. Uh, But we know the wise men came. Uh, In chapter 2, verse 1, it says this, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, the the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east of Jerusalem. We don't know much about them. We just know that they were uh, wise men who came from the east. Um, And saying, uh, where is this, where has been, uh, verse 2, saying, where is he who is born king of the Jews? Okay. What did the wise men do? He's the king of the Jews. This, this one who was born is a king. For we saw his star when it rose and, and come to worship him. Why did they come? They came to worship him. Um, verse 3, Herod, okay, verse 3, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Uh, and assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them, where is Christ, where this Christ was to be born? And they told him in Bethlehem in Judea, for so it is written. I want to skip down verse 7. Uh, then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them when the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem. Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and what? Worship him. So uh, the, the wise men wanted to come and worship him. And Herod said that he wanted to come and worship him. What was, who was Herod? He was a king, king. So Herod the king wanted to come worship the newborn king. Fake, right? Herod was fake. I don't know all that means to the young people here today, but he was fake, okay? Um, he was saying one thing, but wanting to do another. We, we know from the uh, future sections as, uh, th- that Herod, once he found out where he was and that he'd been fooled, uh, he desired to kill uh, Jesus because he was a threat to his kingdom. And I want to tell you this. I'll tell you this. I'll stop right here. Jesus is a threat to your kingdom. He's a threat to your, your throne, queens and kings he's a threat to it he will replace you he will replace you your job will no longer be necessary for you or anybody else okay um why why do siblings fight why do siblings fight kings and queens right 
right? They think that their, their siblings are supposed to bow to their needs and wants and everything because they think they're queens and kings. Back to Herod. Okay. Um, skimming down to verse 11, chapter 2 of Matthew. And going into the house, uh, they saw this is the, uh, this is the wise men from the east, verse 11, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. That's what they did, um, because that's what they came for. And, and by worshipping him, I, I want to point something out. They were saying, you know, I'm a smart person, I'm a wise man, I've traveled this way, I know stuff, I saw the star, like I, I probably have wealth and all these other things. But this is the king. This is the king. And I want to tell you, kings and queens here today, this is the acknowledgement that we should do. This is what Christmas is all about. It's about us acknowledging that we are not the ones, but Jesus is. Uh, verse, uh, middle of verse 11, uh, Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, and gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, the dirty, filthy king, um, I just added that, uh, they departed to their own country by another way. And Herod did not like that. Why? Because he thought he was king. And Jesus showed up and he was the true king, uh, the, the, the special king. And I want to tell you, like I said before, this is the problem of Jesus. This is the problem of him because he is the true king and kings and queens, we don't like that. We think we, and I want to tell you, um, him coming, so the plan of the father was to send the son to be our savior and king. And I want to tell you, that's merciful. That is merciful that God would do that. And I want to tell you why. Because you're a terrible king. You're awful at being the queen of your own life. You're awful. And, and, and some of you are going, no, I'm fine. I, I don't need anything. I got an internet connection. And me and my internet connection, we have everything we need. We have everything we need. I can figure out any problem. I want to say, your record shows you're terrible at being your own king and your own queen. Let's look at the shepherds. Let's look at the shepherds. As you, uh, as you see uh, in chapter 2 of Luke, you see the, the same... Um, actually, let's... Sorry. Sorry, I'm a disaster this morning. Let's do Luke 1. Let's not talk about the shepherds. We will talk about the shepherds, kids, because they're one of the best parts of the whole story here, apart from Jesus, of course. Uh, Luke 1. Let's do Luke 1. That's where I was meaning to go there in the first place. Um, I, I want to tell you that, that as we, we look at this, in Luke chapter 1, um, we see that there's these two women, neither of which should have been pregnant. One was too old and one had not been with anyone. And so, so there are these two women and there's these two special uh, births that are going to happen. In Luke chapter 1, uh, I want to start at verse 39. In those days, Mary arose 
and went in haste to the hill country into the town of Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Elizabeth uh, is the mother of John the Baptist. He isn't born yet. Verse 41, and when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb. And this is so interesting, kids. Could you imagine this? Kids, how many of you have seen a pregnant lady, kids? How many of you have seen a pregnant lady? They kind of look, I don't, I don't want to go too far with this, but like it's, it's most of the time pretty obvious that they're pregnant, okay? Why, kids, why? Kids, you don't want to say it in church, do you? You know, she looks like she's pregnant. Anyways, but you can picture these two uh, pregnant ladies coming together. And, and the one lady's belly, Elizabeth's belly, goes like this. Womp. And, and what it was, and this is so hard to imagine, that John the Baptist was inside Elizabeth's tummy. And God somehow worked it out that John, inside the belly, would know that that belly over there has something better than it. It's kind of, I don't want to to go too far. But anyways, um, John the Baptist, and and this is what his mom says. This is interesting. If you you skip down, uh, verse 41. And when Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, heard the greeting of Mary and the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Who is the fruit of uh, her womb? Jesus. Jesus. And why is it, uh, verse 43, and why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, the sound of your greeting came to my ears, and the baby in my womb leapt for joy. That's hard to, it's amazing. And so I want you to think this through, kids. John the Baptist, he became a big deal later. Probably, probably the biggest deal in the New Testament other than Jesus, because he had a specific role. You know what it was? To point out Jesus, to point to Jesus. And you know what, John the Baptist, uh, he worshiped Jesus. He worshiped Jesus. And I don't want to say he worshiped, there was just some supernatural, it was an amazing thing that he acknowledged even then, and his mom acknowledged. And, and you, you move on, uh, and you see Mary. I just want to share this first verse here, uh, Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 46, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in, the God, in God, my Savior. You look at this, and you go on reading what Mary's response to this is, and that she, this is hard to imagine, especially for you moms. Can you imagine having Jesus as your son, giving birth to Jesus? What an amazing thing. And, and yet Mary, um, you know, it's funny, I've seen this in my own life. Um, I remember I was a youth pastor, and I thought I was a big deal, and uh, um, I thought I was doing great things. And I remember talking to my mom, and I, I said something. I needed her to trust me with her car or something like that. And I was a full-grown man. I was a full-grown man. And I was a youth pastor, and I 
other, other parents trusted me with their kids. We went away for weeks, you know, to go on camps and stuff. And my mom goes, can I trust you? And I'm like, what? And I, and I, I, I tried to give my mom a lecture uh, about, do you know that moms and dads, they trust me with their most precious possession for weeks at a time? And, and she's like, okay, just, just be careful. Just be careful. And I thought, at that moment, I realized that my mom didn't think I was a big deal. <laughs> and, and as I look at uh, who Jesus was, I, I know this about Jesus' mother, Mary. That she worshipped her son. Why? Because he was the king. He was the king. So we have John the Baptist, Elizabeth, Mary. We've talked about the angels. Let's get to the shepherds. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, uh, let's start in verse 15. Uh, it says this, when the, when the angels went away, uh, so remember, remember kids what happened, right? You, you guys remember what happened? So they're, they're just taking care of sheep, you know, and I, we don't know what they were doing. We, we don't know if they were really sleeping or some of them were sleeping or we don't know if they were telling stories and jokes and uh, we don't know if they were chasing down straight sheep even in the night. We, we don't know exactly all the things they were doing, but they're out in their field at night and there weren't any lights. And they didn't have a flashlight with them. You know, it was, it was just them out there. And all of a sudden, the angels show up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I can imagine, you know, wanting to, you know, choosing a simple occupation like sh- shepherding and just wanting to be alone, nobody mess with you, and then the angels show up, right? Uh, amazing. It must have blown their minds. And, and, and as they um, heard the message from the angels, we see in verse 15 of uh, Luke chapter 2, it says this, when the angels went away uh, from from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went in haste, found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made it known, saying, uh, the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. Verse 18, and all who heard it wondered uh, what the shepherds told them, but Mary treasured these things, these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard and been told. You look at that and you realize what, what were the shepherds doing when they came to see Jesus? What, what was their response? They were praising God. They saw him as not just a baby. But they saw him as the king. And these simple shepherds, these simple shepherds, they worshiped the king. They worshiped the king. They were praising God for his plan worked out in this special baby, whatever that was going to be. I spoke of the wise men. I spoke of Herod. I want to share with you this, though. As you look at the rest of Jesus' life, you have this is marked over and over again with people acknowledging that he is the king. He is meant to be listened to, followed, obey. He is meant to be treated as king. 
in Matthew chapter uh, 4. And this is just one, uh, I'll, I'll read this one and I'll, I'll mention another. Um, in, in Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 18, uh, if you think about it, kids, so Jesus was a baby, grew to be a man, and as part of his beginning of his life, his ministry life, his teaching life, he was calling disciples, calling other men, other men to come follow him. And kids, think about this. Think about this. When mom and dad are gone, what do you do? Sometimes if you have siblings, siblings, there's a lot of like, well, I'm in charge. I'm in charge because mom and dad are gone. Why are you in charge? Well, I'm the oldest, which just usually means you're the most bossy. That's all that means. I'm the youngest, by the way. Um, but, um, or I'm the tallest, or I'm the strongest, or I'm the smartest. I get to be in charge. Now, now think about this, kids. These are full-grown men, full-grown men. Jesus is a full-grown man. These ones that I'm going to mention. Here we go. Uh, Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 18. Uh, While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw, Jesus saw, two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. And going on, uh, from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and John, uh, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called to them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. What did they do? Met the king, Jesus, and he says, come, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Kids, picture your mom or dad at their job. In the middle of the day, they're working. They're working hard because your parents work hard to provide for you so you can eat food, even though you're ungrateful some of the time. I'll just stop there. Uh, But your mom and dad are at their job. They're at their job. And somebody, another man, shows up and says, come follow me. And they just quit on the spot and walk away. Uh, what they're saying is, whatever this man has, whatever path he's on, is worth leaving whatever I'm doing to go and follow him. I want to tell you that Matthew, the writer of Matthew, did the same thing. He was a tax collector. He was making big-time cash. And it says he did the same thing. He was called. He was doing his tax collecting. He was counting how much money he had taken like tax collectors do um, in terrible ways. Taxes are bad, kids. If you don't know anything, they're just bad, okay? But um, Jesus went to this tax collector, and he, he walked away from it as well. So the fishermen walked away. The tax. Why? Because they were saying, I've been trying to be king of my own life. I've been doing my own thing. I, I've been fishing. I've been making money, and I've been doing things. But whatever this man has... He's now the new king. I'll follow after him. Last, last passage. Uh, 
Revelation, Revelation chapter 5. I'm back on track. I'm back on track, okay? A little dicey there for a few minutes. I want to tell you, uh, if you don't know anything about the Bible, the book of Revelation, the book of Revelation is mainly speaking about what happens in the end of this world. And I want to tell you, for those of you who haven't trusted in Christ or don't believe the Bible at all, that's fine. That's fine. You don't have to. You can do your own thing. You can be your own king or queen. But I want to tell you that God has revealed this to man. Uh, God wrote a book. He wrote it through men that we would have this message now. And he's telling us what is going to happen. It's history that hasn't been seen yet. And so he's telling us what will happen in the end. This is just a small portion of it. In Revelation chapter 5, verse 13. And and John sees this. It's a little bit different than many of the other books. But John sees this in a vision. Kind of like a dream type thing. John sees what is going on in the end. And he wrote it down. And he says, And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth. What does that include? Every Every creature in heaven on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing, honor and glory forever, uh, glory and might forever and ever. As you look at this and much of the book of Revelation is acknowledging this one thing that that same Jesus who came as a baby, who grew to be a man, who gave himself on the cross, the Lamb of God, that he will be worthy of praise, worthy of worship, the King, in the end as well. Which only leaves one more question. What about you? What about you? There's two things that we must do, uh, I'd encourage you to do. It's only right for you to do. Is the first, as you think of Jesus, the man Jesus, to acknowledge him as the king. To acknowledge him as the king. And that, that's kind of a giving up, isn't it? It's a giving up. Maybe you have some different king that you worship or someone you follow or something like that. But, but most of us, the problem is us, right? Thinking ourselves king or queen. Um, first, first step, acknowledge him as king. Acknowledge Jesus, you're the king. I'm not the king. Nobody else is the king. You are the king. And, and secondly, I would just say, and this is, this is kind of that, I don't want to say the most important step, but uh, the first one without the second one is, is not enough. Acknowledge him as king and acknowledge him as your king, as your king. Sometimes it's hard in this life. We got a lot going on and we have a lot of, people chirping in our ears. We have both media, social media, people we don't even know, people we respect, and people that are, are people that we kind of want to be like, or maybe it's even family and friends, and they're chirping in our ears saying this. They're saying this. I know what you should do. You should do this. They're pulling at you and telling you, believe this, believe that. But I want to tell you, push all that aside and say this. What, what am I... What do I need to do? What do I need to do? I need to acknowledge him as king. 
And I need to acknowledge him as my king, my king. I want to tell you that uh, following after Christ is not just about going to heaven. It definitely is, having your sins forgiven. But it's also about trusting him as your king right now, right now, and walking with him. So I'm encouraged to have you here today. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the blessing of being together and the encouragement of your people gathering and family and friends. God, I pray for each one here, especially those who are struggling uh, with this whole concept of being their own king, making their own decisions. God, I'm so glad and you're so merciful and kind to not allow us, to not leave us to ourselves. But you loved us so much that you sent your son that, you, uh, that he would go to the cross, that he would die for us, that we could believe in him, that we could have everlasting life, and that he could be our king forever. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. Have a great day.